This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, March 30th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. The massive relief bill passed by Congress and signed by the president makes some changes to the tax code, albeit temporarily, to ease the burden businesses face from the fallout of the coronavirus sweeping the planet. Nicole Kading of the National Taxpayers Union identifies three specific elements that she believes are helpful. We spoke late last week. Traditionally, we think of economic stimulus as being bills passed by Congress that are trying to influence aggregate demand in the economy. They're trying to grow the economy. If we think back to 2008 and 2009, this was the economic theory. If we give individuals money, they will go and spend it, and that will grow the U.S. economy. This bill is different. We actually know that individuals can't really spend money right now. Movie theaters are closed. Bowling alleys are closed. Restaurants are closed. Their gym is closed. And so this bill is not actually about trying to grow the U.S. economy. What it's trying to do is keep individuals and affected businesses afloat. We're trying to give them some cash so that their budget can stay close to whole for the next two months. So that when we can reopen the economy, when the virus is under control, they will be in a good place. We can't grow the economy right now, but we can prevent it from falling. Uh, As of this morning, unemployment claims were the largest on record. Uh, Nearly 3.3 million people uh, filed for unemployment. How does that change uh, with respect to our tax system? In short, we expected Unemployment claims to be quite high this morning. We assumed that a number of people uh, were going to be laid off as part of this virus. And that's why it was so important for Congress to act. I'm someone who tends to be fairly skeptical of congressional action in terms of economic stimulus. But I was leading the charge and calling for Congress to act because we are affecting so many individuals and so many businesses. In fact, I think we actually have a moral obligation to act right now. We are telling individuals and businesses to put their lives on hold, to close their doors, to stay home. We should help them share that immense economic burden that we have foisted on top of them. So uh, in this this legislation, there are some tax provisions, some specifically that you had recommended. Uh, What changes are there, at least with respect to this year, um, for people's and businesses' Uh, taxes, and uh, what did you recommend? As I thought about this problem, again, I was thinking about how do we keep individuals and businesses afloat for the next two months? And the answer is simply cash. We need to ensure that they have money to pay their bills and feed their families. So I recommended to Congress that they do three things in particular. The first was delay tax filing. for April 15th. So your 2019 return is now going to be delayed until July 15th. And that's important because individuals that owe taxes don't have to pay that right now. They have several months. In addition, August 15th is important because it's the day that businesses have to make their first estimated tax payment for 2020. So again, by delaying that, we're letting businesses keep cash. It also is just a simplicity argument. At this moment, I think individuals should be spending time worrying about their families and their communities and their friends and not trying to track down tax receipts. The second major change was delaying the employer side of the payroll tax. The payroll taxes that we pay to fund Social Security and Medicare are assessed on our paychecks, but your employer pays 
an amount as well. So again, my idea wasn't to eliminate the payroll tax or to uh, repeal it for this year, but to delay those filings. And what Congress is now going to do is give businesses up until the end of 2022 to pay those tax payments, allowing businesses to keep cash and drawing out that payment stream. The third major change that I recommended to Congress deals with what are called net operating losses. So business tax years don't always align to the calendar year and their profitability doesn't always reflect that. So if I was to talk to you about a business that had $100 in sales in January and a $50 loss in July, we'd all agree that they had $50 in income this year. Now imagine that the $100 in sales was in July and the $50 loss was in the following January. The tax code would not be able to handle that very well without this idea of a net operating loss where you can transfer your income and, and losses across tax years to get to a better sense of profitability. The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act actually changed these provisions in 2017 and limited the amount that companies could use net operating losses. So what I said to Congress was, you need to loosen that cap that you impose from the TCJA. Because if you don't, businesses this year would be taxed on income they frankly didn't have. Uh, it'd be a change in the accounting rules that didn't actually reflect what their income and profit statements looked like for this year. So these are three large changes that Congress needed to make, all predicated on this idea that we need to help individuals and businesses keep cash now and pay their taxes when they can. Uh, and thankfully, Congress has listened thus far. The Treasury Department has delayed tax filing and first quarter estimated payments. And the bill, as it's passed the Senate, does the two other changes of delaying employer side payroll and making changes to net operating losses. Nicole Kading is an economist at the National Taxpayers Union. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.